0: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Churchill
1: Years, Volume One. I was the first to appreciate that after all my misguided efforts, a trip aboard the Doctor's improbable flying machine was all that was needed. To make an old man feel young Not again. The doctor! The doctor! He's here! It was the young Tweedy Doctor this time, with the
0: bow tie. The trouble is, this letter's incendiary. If its contents were to get out, why the nation might lose faith in its leader. I know, exclaimed the
1: tall, thin fellow in the spivish suit. They were the footprints of a gigantic hound. What the devil? <laughs> Halt. Stop. Desist from movement. Stop and you will not be harmed. It's impossible. They all look the same. It was a man, wearing some kind of weathered black leather jacket and bizarrely lacking both necktie and hat.
0: Behold the bronze god. Advance! An iron side. Prime Minister, behind you. (laughs)
1: The creature flew at the Doctor at great speed. Julius Caesar invading ancient Britain? (laughs) It sounds ideal to me, Doctor.
0: We are about to engage the enemy. (laughs) Under attack! Under attack! (laughs) Big Finish. We love stories.
1: Good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Stories from the Vortex. I'm Matthew Kressel, and I'll be joined shortly by Mary Lang and, of course, Robert Haynes. First off, we would like to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. The episode you're about to hear was recorded some months ago now, but has been set back considerably by a series of technical issues. Indeed, 2015 has seen the podcast being set back quite a bit by technical issues, some of them reoccurring, That has led to both the need for additional editing, as was the case with this episode, as well as other episodes being scrapped entirely, including our Dark Eyes 4 and Torchwood episodes. Rest assured, though, that we are working to resolve these issues, and we hope to get the podcast back on a more regular output in the new year. So, in the meantime, and with apologies both for the delay and possible sound quality issues, here's the episode we recorded some months ago, looking at the fate of Krellos and Return to Telos. We pick up with a look at the fourth season of The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Well, I think
0: that um, since the Philip Hinchcliffe's um, box set was done, Tom Baker and the crew have kind of captured that that sense of the time period that, uh, that the Baker's doctor um, was done in. Uh, because with the Philip Hinchcliffe set, they, they managed to capture it so well. And so then they're they're yes. along with that, with this. And I'm telling you, when I, when I listened to the very first story, the Exelons, um, in this group, I, I was really taken back to that time period. The, the sound, the, um, the music, the way they were ah. to each other, it, it just brought the whole era back for me. Um, and I think that they do a wonderful job throughout this series of uh, eight stories of maintaining that era. Wouldn't you agree, Robert?
2: Totally. Uh, you know, bringing up the music, I, I was just struck listening to the novel adaptations. It's just they've got that real Dudley Simpson kind of feel to it. And, uh-huh. you know, and to all these Fourth Doctor series, it's just got that atmosphere. And I think Tom Baker and Louise uh, have really just gelled together as to And even you can see character development with um, Louise in in the way that she uh, understands things she's learned. You know, her character has been allowed to progress. It's like simple things like she'll sort of recognise. I say, so that's this interface she'll go on about. You you can see her understanding of it because she's been taught, and and that was something that was. Like, you know, when The Robots of Death or whatever, which one, he was explaining how the TARDIS is bigger than the inside and just mm-hmm. reminded me of that scene uh, when he's talking about these things. And I just love hearing this stuff. It's just I, after a, a lukewarm I guess, start to the series uh, where it seemed like it was Tom Baker trying to play oh. the Doctor.
0: I was going to uh, say, almost now, like he was phoning his part in with those. Yes.
2: So- yeah, he didn't capture that essence, but now he's he's the Doctor again. He's Yeah. With it, with gusto. And even in, you notice, I think more so in this later series is that he, um, you know, in the extras he'll discuss, you know, I really love when this, I love being part of this family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can really sense that in listening to uh, the characters. I think what I did love was, um, oh, I'm just trying to think, I think, you know, a few things that we sort of recognise from the TV series, like, Mary, you talked about the Exelon, being Death to the Daleks, although you didn't sort of... Uh, I guess it's just fle- fle- fleshing out, out that society, um, which we didn't find out very much of in um, uh, Death to the Daleks, and just things like um, having the Rocket Men back, and I know is that you, Mary, were didn't feel they sort of captured how the rocket Men used
0: to be or well no i mean first introduced in the companion yes. chronicles
2: yes um really
0: and, and i loved how they were portrayed there and in yeah. that story brightens carried on in return of the rocket men which is another yeah. companion yeah. Chronicle. Um, mm. and they still retained their threat and their power mm. even though we got to know a couple of them but <coughs> yeah my problem with uh Rick Rocketman, which is the third story in the series, which and the story carries on to um, the fourth one called Deathmatch. Um, yes. I think we just get to know them too much, and so they lose their,
2: mm, their yeah. they're not
0: this efficient, powerful even, um, force with no faces because they always have their, their masks on. Um, yeah. Now we get to know them as these almost cockney speaking thugs, and to me, that just well, the doctor- it.
2: yeah, and the doctrine. Um... Uh, are also putting on their uh, outfits as well aren't they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they're joking <laughs> but, about i mean for me all. yeah I, I guess that's uh something that's carried over into the new doctor who in that uh things from the the past especially you know the sontarans for example um with having like stress many people have complained that it, it it loses the threat of the sontarans we got and the
0: daleks but, too the daleks are even a in the current series, um, you know, so they lost a lot of their threat. Um, So I would say my my two least favorite stories in this set are three and four, Rick William for the Rocket Men and Deathmatch. However, in Deathmatch, um, Leela does meet up with, uh, I mean, one of the Rocket Men that turns out to be, you know, more honorable. She, she is almost like she teaches him to be honorable. Yes. Um, yes. And they fall in love, and they're actually making future plans together. Uh, so it was nice to have, you know, Lita, Lila, Leela have her moment uh, with oh, another yes. um You know, and of course, as, as always, with, you know, major characters, and then secondary. Love interest, you know <laughs> that love interest always meets a tragic oh, end. Well, so, I'm <laughs> sorry like for yeah.
1: interrupting, but it almost sounds like they're building up to where she leaves in the TV series, in Invasion of Time*, because that's what happens. If, for those who've seen *Invasion of Time*, she ends up meeting a, yeah. the head of the
2: mm-hmm. Gallifrey and guard. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's more. I will tell you, when I when I watched that, because you know I watched them as came out rather than probably like you two who watched them many years after the fact. And for us, watching it, uh, I think you would have got the sense that if you just watched that story anyway, that Leela had just one of the the chance guards and then suddenly she's in love with them and they've been settled down kind of thing, uh, all within the space of uh, this episode. And it just seemed, you know, very unreal. They're trying to... Give an idea of how that can happen by developing the stories um, through the, you know, the fourth doctor adventures. Yeah,
0: it is believable in Deathmatch for yeah. going respect yeah. and love for the um, Marshall. His name is Marshall. Um, his conversion from being a rocket man to being, you know, <coughs> uh, I found that more believable. I would have to say we see there, or uh, we here, <laughs> we see, um, you know, <laughs> <they> evolve.
2: <laughs> do see them, these pictures in our mind we of what's do. going on. So. Now the That's other stories in the series are pretty much
0: standalone. alone um, Yes. The excellent is The Darkness of Glass, um, Suburban Hell, and Cloisters of Terror are all pretty much standalone stories. And particularly uh, Suburban Hell and Cloisters of Terror I really enjoyed because yes. they were very creepy. Um, they yes. brought
2: up that that horror, that sense of horror. Suburban Hell was just defining like for this... Uh, uh, little house, basically, in a street. Uh, well, sort of like that. And um, I just found that it, it just, you, I guess it's like, it sort of reminded me of the new Doctor Who to a, a certain extent. Yeah, to some degree it
0: did. It felt a <laughs> in, in the sense of the story, but not
2: in how they produced it,
0: because it still sounds like it's from. But yeah, you know, I
2: sort of love lovely little touches like, you know, when they're wondering about these phone calls and uh, later on their phone, phoning yourself and uh, things mm-hmm. like that. I just thought. Some of that kind of stuff is, is quite uh, amusing. Yeah I, I, yeah, I love the creepiness, especially like Cloisters of Terror, which, um, yeah. which I can't remember which character you know, recognize the Doctor from before, but um, I, I just like the stuff of the passing years and people meeting each other again and um, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and there's the humor that runs through these in the suburban hell. Um, the, yes. the humor about notebook the, the weird ones and all that um, is so mm. funny. And the Cloisters mm. of Terror... Yeah. You know, this whole convent and, and everything is built around this saint. And when you get down to it, you know, when the doctor is saint, um and, and <laughs> responsible because she gave herself to God. And, and uh, you know, well, it turns out that she actually didn't. <laughs> so it's a mm-hmm. little bit of fucking fun at um, the yeah, traditions of religions.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Emily Shaw, that was... Um, oh, yeah, Little um, yeah. was introduced in, the, in one of the Canadian yeah, Chronicles, the last post. I haven't. Listened oh, to, so when I was listening to that, I probably didn't get as much as. Oh, do I yourself a, good... a favor, listen to the last post, Robert. Yes, I've got it on my iPod. That's particularly one that I put on there to um uh, listen because I was it's a good one. People have always, because it was their last story from Fashion. So, yeah, very sort of poignant kind of thing. So.
0: I'm not sure um, why in the past I've always been kind of annoyed by. K-9, but in these stories, K-9 is precious. Yes, and, and yes. In one of the stories is that the excellence where he even becomes, um, well, no, no, it's not the Exelons. It's uh, in the last two stories that we're going to talk about later. Yes. Um, you know, he is even in his own way possessed. <laughs> yes, yes. Interactions uh, between the I- I- and K-9. In every one oh, of those series. Well, so you
1: brought that up, Mary, now seems an opportune moment to set we move on to the, what we're, our main topic today, which is the two part finale the fate of the and the Return of Telos.
0: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, the fourth Doctor Adventures Doctor Who, The Fate of Krelos. Hang on.
2: The control room. The light, the color, the smell, it is.
1: Different. Help! Killing! Ding. Help! Killing! Ding. Help! Hey, man, killing, what are you doing? Ding. What are you calculating? Killing! Ding. You are! I can't! Oh, I can't hold on! For much longer. Uh, hello! Hello! I'm the
0: doctor. This is Leela. You seem to be in a spot of trouble.
1: Uh, you could say that. Uh, doctor. It is a city. City built by Tesh?
0: Certainly technological, yes. Really, rather beautiful, don't you think?
1: And with approval ratings now sky high, the mayor of Krillos City has been soaking up the adulation when she announced the completion of the final section of planet-wide connectivity. Look, Doctor, that beautiful city destroyed. Yes.
0: Torn out, ripped apart, utterly destroyed.
2: Master, master, danger. K nine, what is the matter?
0: Yes, what is it?
2: What? What
0: was
1: that? Let's not stop to find out. It is the end of all that we love. <laughs> A world torn out, ripped apart.
0: Big finish. We love stories. Okay, well now, Matthew, you have been pretty quiet yeah. up now. Um, so, uh, give us your little runoff of, of your mission of the Fate of Kralos and the Return of the I, I
1: think going into these two stories, I really came to Fate of Kralos more because of of Tells than anything else. Because they announced that way mm-hmm. in advance. That they were, that yes. the Doctor era, Jamie McCrimmon's back. It directly ties into to the side yes. it, which, you know, for people who listen to us over on Twenty Megabyte, well, I love that story to pieces. So yes. I came to pay us more because I wanted to hear Return to Telos and knew that they were an interlinked story, which is something Very that we talked about before on the podcast. It can be difficult and controversial because effectively you're making people buy two separate releases for a story, when, frankly, you could just do like they do in the main range and put it down as a two CD release, and that's what I thought they <laughs> should
2: have <laughs> done.
0: Yeah, they do that earlier in this same group. Like I said, the Requiem for the Rocket. Yes, Manage
1: yeah. yeah. Are really and amazing. they had done that before with previous seasons as well. There's um, <laughs> Trail of the White Worm and the Oscydon Adventure their first season, for example.
0: Well, yeah, That's and it. the, um, what is it, the the lawn? Oh, yeah,
1: the Saints of Life, War Against the Lawn, yes. and then, same. yeah, it's, exactly. it's the same situation. It, it's difficult to judge these stories separately because they're part of a whole. Because, frankly, <laughs> and I thought Faint of Kryllos bored me to tears the first time I listened to it. It Mm. was... It's slow... I mean... Not much happens, though. Nick Briggs talks about in the CD extras that the whole point of when he started writing the story was the notion that people always come up with, like, don't the doctor and and companion X ever end up, you know, going off and having a vacation somewhere and having a nice day and pointing out that, you know, it wouldn't really be an interesting story if that was the case. Well, guess what? You were absolutely positively (laughs) correct.
2: <laughs> um. It's basically yeah him and him and Leila yeah going fishing. I mean they, well, you know <laughs> they yeah, run
1: yeah. into is it I, I I'm character's name now who's played by Michael Cochran.
2: It's Gerock. Oh, thank uh-huh.
1: you. Um. so they sort of encounter Gerock <laughs> and then you know the story finally starts going somewhere. But for a lot of its like it is just kind of dull and not going anywhere. And. He,
0: no, no, no! I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with you that it's. But there's so much setup yeah. going on. it's not just yeah. the Doctor and Lila going fishing. It's also K9 starting to malfunction. Oh, right.
2: But also the transfer. Yeah, yeah.
1: and did the whole business with rearranging mm-hmm. the Tardis's and you know internal architecture Interior. so that they end mm-hmm. up back with the the second Doctor's era's Tardis console. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's it's a yeah. And the references to J-Roc's, um Android or whatever yeah. it is having this, or even Jarek, having something on his head that because they yeah. don't describe it, you don't know yeah. what they're talking about. So, I mean, so all this right. is set up.
2: Like a VR headset or what? That was what I thought it was something yeah. akin to, if, for anybody who's
1: heard the Paradise of Death, the radio story from the early 90s, mm. the sort of the effects yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. Was what I was thinking. And it, I don't know, just going into this story, I thought, you know, it's a lot of setup. It reminds me a lot of the that we talked about End of Time before for the, from the news series. The End of Time Part 1 is nothing but setup. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But the, I think in, in, in that story, though it, it has serious issues, it leads able to get your attention and hold it till it gets to big clear. I never
0: felt right, right. Because we don't know where any right. of this is leading. And I, I know. Because I didn't know where any of this was going. I yeah. was kind of tuning out and not really taking much of it in because it does seem that interesting. Well, while, while yeah, it's and then
1: all of a sudden it takes a huge yeah. left turn and it's like you know, the whole planet's been destroyed and everything else. And it's like, well, uh, how yeah. did you end up here? Right. Yes.
2: It's yeah, a, a very
1: big cliffhanger. I mean, I, we'll go back to yeah, it. Well, well, uh, the, the thing about it is it's, it's uh, kind of like the same situation within the time where you were paying any attention to Rears what and whatnot in the lead-up to that. You knew the Time Lords were coming back in that. And, of course, because Big Finish had announced ages in advance that Return was going to be the finale and that this was going to link into it, I just kept sitting there going, I do have a bloody Cybermen going to show up because that's what I want. Yeah, and it and- was also kind of, I think maybe as a result of that, I felt that it was the setup of this whole society where everything's been... Put together and whatnot technologically, and there's already hints by the time that you get to the end of this that there's some kind of cyber conversion, anyways.
2: Because ways. a That, that was Mr. Nice robot. I thought that was like a prototype side
0: right. Right. Now, I got used to all the stories in this series being soul stories. Um, and yes, there is the link of the two that, that we talked about before, but I did not know what you knew. That the last story yeah. was to be a Superman. so right. I, I've had no clue where this was going. <laughs> oh, was okay. Lost until you know the, the, you know the cliffhanger at the end, and it's like, oh, so this is just the first
1: part of the yeah. stories. Oh dear. Okay. I, I think ah, I think that okay. when we talk about return of Return to Telos in a moment, um, and then we can kind of talk about both of these as, as a as one story in of But I think you view this as two separate stories. Yeah. Fate of Crowlosses. It doesn't oh, work. Oh, it does oh, not right. work at all. I mean, this is but. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say, the only thing that makes it worth listening is letter between Tom Baker and Louise Jameson in this.
0: Yes, oh. well,
1: what was well so the performances. Yeah, the performances yes. in this are. Oh, by God, they have to be because, frankly, there's nothing. There, there is yes. nothing else to write the story for.
0: Well, and I just really, I kept asking, you know, why are they not paying more attention oh, yeah. to K nine? Because K nine mm. is definitely malfunctioning, dismissing but dismissing
2: you know, him,
1: dismissing K-9. him, weren't they? It's just, it, you know, it, that felt kind of weirdly out of character in a way, especially from yeah, where I this guess. is supposed to be in the TV series, Apparently, in season seven, you know, season sixteen, excuse me, um, where K nine malfunctioning and whatnot was, you know, part parcel, right. So, but I think that the wonderful interplay between the two, of them, well, the, the wonderful interplay between everybody in this, yes. is really what does it. I mean, there is a beautiful scene towards the end of it, uh, when the Doctor's going to the third room, um, where Louis Jameson playing Leela has this wonderful moment of basically chastising the Doctor, because the Doctor's going, there's loss of time, can't do anything to fix this situation. He yeah. basically in the riot act, he goes, well, why not? And I yeah. you know, and it yeah. you brought to mind moments where that's happened in the new series, and I think Nick, you know, putting down the fact that this doesn't have much of a plot. You know, I think that Nick Briggs has does beautiful character moments in this, but the, the, yeah. as
2: a release, I think Fate of Krellos kind of falls face frankly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it was not meant to be that listened to just- alone.
2: Something else that I noticed was there's a lot of um, reference to other Tom Baker stories, or just other stories uh, per se. In in that, you know, like the Boot Cupboard which Came up in one of the Sarah Jane stories. We know that it was huge. They sh- sort of showed us about the CS. Oh, yeah, Mask of, the beginning of Mask of uh, And there was, um, yeah, they're talking about the food. The doctor provides for physical bland, uh, colorless, block rectangle right. food. Uh, and, yeah, my. my uh, what's food dispenser machine or whatever you saying. I haven't seen that centuries yeah. or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is, Yeah, you know, linking back to yeah. the Yeah, there's a lot there. of references
1: in this, which is part of, I think, the setup for what's going to happen in, in Return to Telos. Well, I mean, you're extremely critical of it, Matthew, but it Thanks is just it. a
0: setup. Uh, and it's a good setup because then things take off in Return to Telos. Um, um, it just, it's just when you go into it, not knowing that it's the first yeah. two parts, when you just explain, Expected to be a single standalone
2: story. Um, so I
0: think you're also yeah, heard perhaps, of it.
2: Perhaps. But mind you, mind you uh, both Matthew and myself came into it knowing that they were linked. Yeah, and I, uh, I guess we were expecting, well, I don't know about you, Matthew, but I was expecting the Simon and Fate of Cross, at least some part of them, but they, they didn't hmm. appear. But I also, I also expect
1: it's going to hmm. tell a, a decent story, which it didn't seem to do. So. Mm-hmm. Um, let's
0: move on to the return of telos coming soon from big finish productions the fourth doctor adventures doctor who return to telos
1: oh doctor we must take action we must save gerald and the people of crelos defeat these cybermen
0: there is nothing to fear the cybermen are coming we've got to get out of here come on the Doctor's arrival is imminent. What was that? Whatever it was, it stopped now. You know, I once double-checked the exact location of the supposed last resting place of the Cyberman. You did? Mm, I did. We have travelled back to when I originally visited Telos. I was travelling with Victoria and Jamie. The Warrior! Vila, we've got to get out of here. Once construction of our new new cyber army is complete, complete. the Doctor's ingenuity Ingenuity. will make that army invincible. Big finish. We love stories.
1: I think the story definitely picks up in Return to Telos, and as I said at the top of this, this was what I was looking forward to hearing. And yes, to maybe. some extent, it lived up to the expectations I had. I think, kind of, to some extent, had a problem with the fact that it also had to kind of. I mean, we, Robert, you mentioned that uh, Fate Kralos has no resolution to it. And they basically spend the first half of Return to Telos trying to resolve Fate of. I know that the events yeah. of the first, but what happened to the. the, uh, happened to the uh, right. And Kralos. then they go, well, you know. And literally, I'll make has a moment where he goes, you know what? We're going to have to return to Telos. And it's kind of like, yeah. you could have done that 20-odd minutes ago, Tom. But, you know, <laughs> coming into this, I, I did scratch my head a bit and go, okay, I've seen Tomb of the Cybermen. How in <laughs> the world are they going to squeeze mm. the fourth doctor into that story without causing all kinds of temporal complications? Well, the answer <laughs> to that question is do you think they managed it? Well, they do it with a whole bunch of temporal complications, which ends up being part of my part I'm of my issue it. with this story.
0: You're not gonna mention the room in the back. Oh
1: right? Lord. Uh well, <laughs> well uh, more like the chasm in the back in the case of this. The chasm in the back, yes. <laughs> and it was just kinda like, well, that's a neat idea. I mean, to be fair, you know, Nick brings it upon ideas he created, you remember Mary, for the Cyberman audio series. Which right. they ended right. up returning to Telos there. So it makes sense he's exploring the same idea. Here, to some extent, the the, the thing about it is that is it, it's a story in its own right, which is convoluted. And I, know. Yeah.
2: I think yeah. it's too, 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 much I think it is
1: too much going on. Even if it's <laughs> technically one story told across two separate releases, it feels like there's a lot going on. The, the temporal mechanics and whatnot of this, was heavy scratch points because it's like, Okay, when is the cyber controller and cyber planner? Clearly, they're not there when Tomb of the Cybermen takes place. They're from <laughs> some point in the future, apparently. But for some reason, they're... Yeah, but it's not yeah. a
2: timeline, as it turns Yeah, out which is
1: something I was going to bring up later, which bugs me, because it basically <laughs> negates the entirety of two CDs worth of story, because it, because of the way it's resolved.
2: <laughs> basically, yeah. Re- reset that yeah. one again, that's... isn't
1: it? I mean, it, it feels <laughs> like... They were sitting and John Doherty, the script editor, were sitting around in their offices at Big Fish. Presumably they have offices. And we're kind of going, <laughs> would it be great if we could figure out a way of tying Tom Baker's doctor back to Patrick Troughton's doctor and they went, you know what? Tomb of the cyber would be a great place to do it, and we'll create this big story, we'll cause them to be back at the time. The thing about it is is that except for the fact that they do the whole business of the TARDIS architecture stuff. In Fate of Prelaws, to set up why they have to go back to this particular point in the timeline, it really didn't make any sense whatsoever. It feels there's a there's a term I I hate using called think, which is sort of the notion that you just throw gratuitous references in because you can. And and Return to Telos felt like that because it's like they to Nick Briggs's credit, he found the perfect moment in Tomb of the Cybermen to insert all of
2: this going on. Yes, just when they're investigating Jamie and um, Peter Hayden Indeed, and, you know, and, yeah, and, well, you know, credit
1: to Fraser who actually gets to play Patrick, Patrick Trouton's doctor properly in a full cast audio drama uh, for a change, instead of in one of the companion chronicles, and I think he did a pretty good job of it. Yes. I mean, it's not Trouton, but you know, his, his Trouton impersonation
2: Near enough, is near it? enough and it's you you have no doubt it so. was more successful when he's doing the he's being attacked by the sidemen you know when they were using their yeah, thing much i think he does very good there and it actually it's great to hear it um uh, sort of a wonderful moment
1: the problem with it is is that if you're going to do that kind of moment you really need a good story even for doing it i don't feel like <laughs> return to tell us had <laughs> A good story reason for doing it. It's I mean, what time traveling Cybermen who, for reasons <laughs> I don't quite understand, having listened to it twice, decide that kidnapping the second Doctor, almost killing him,
2: is really a good idea. I know because and, and that and the particle ending up on the TARDIS because etc. So the Doctor will be traveling around with it to activate the nanoparticles when they go to Krellos, which um, gets transferred to the robot Gerald's robot and then yeah. starts off. Uh, you know, Etc., you know, it negates all of that and just doesn't make a I lot mean, of sense. It's the whole. What? Yeah, the side they are logical, aren't they? Surely they can think back, well, if you don't, they would have had to have known about their particles from Trellos, wouldn't that? You I? would think. I mean, the, the, to be fair, if you look back
1: at the classic series, some of the Cybermen's plans had absolutely no logic to them whatsoever. Uh, no, I, I um, And I guess Nick Briggs is following in that tradition. But the thing is just one big, giant time travel paradox. And I don't think it yes. quite works. And I think as separate releases, I don't think that either *Finger of Prelos or Return to Telos quite work. I, as I said, our third episode is a bit on the dull side and is nothing but setup. And return to tell us half of its length, trying to resolve the events, from the earlier release, and then has to cram its entire story in. I think 45 minutes, and it does. I think it tries. It's like resurrection of the Daleks from the Fifth Doctor era.
2: It tries to do too much. But if you do follow, if you follow all the threads, they do it properly. It's just that there's. I think there's just, and as we mentioned, that the plot doesn't yeah. make sense. So, Well, mm-hmm. it's. I
1: think it's a story that's more interested in nostalgia and, hey, wouldn't it be yes, cool if yeah. you put the fourth Doctor together somehow with Jamie McCrimmon and the Cybermen and this cl- story from the classic era? But it, I think the, mm-hmm. the biggest issue I have with this is the fact that, as you say, Robert, it, they end up pushing a giant reset button at the end of it. And nothing urged me more as a as a struggling writer the, the idea of the reset button at the end of it it's like well we just do this and the events of it will never happen and it's just kind of like why in the world did I just spend the last 70 minutes of my life for well I guess it's two CDs so it's the better part two hours of my life listening yeah. to this mm-hmm. I just know
0: that when I listened to uh, The Fate of Kralos that I found it dull and uh, my mind drifted a lot because I thought it was a single story and then when I listened to the return to house, I was lost, completely lost. I had no <laughs> clue what was going on. So I thought, okay, these are linked stories. I need, you know, like reset my own brain and listen to them both mm-hmm. again. For so the second time through the fate of Kralos, now I realized all the things that they were doing that yeah. were setups. I was more focused because I knew I knew the end. So I was more focused on the things that were that were building up that lead to that. Um, So then I was not that disappointed in the return to Telos, um, because I thought that it it, it told a decent story. But then I felt, uh, and this may be what makes you you go crazy, Matthew, I just felt that the scenes of the second Doctor and Jamie were just crammed in there. They're having their own little scenes, um, while the fourth Doctor and Lila are having their scenes. And I think hmm. that's what led to some of my confusion when I listened to it the first time. Second time, it's like, okay, I understand now
1: what's going on, but I don't yeah. understand yeah, why they're doing it. Yeah, it used to be my thing, having heard both of these twice. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, in the second listening, it's like going back to any new series two-parter, for example, and watching them as a whole instead of two separate episodes. Yeah. You can follow mm-hmm. the threads and you can see where everything's kind of going and like, oh, okay, that touches and especially true of the Moffat-era two-parters, I feel. Um, yeah. But at yeah, the same uh, token, I think I mean, I, 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 I mean there's nothing wrong with bringing back a past Doctor and past companion into a another Doctor's story and era. I have nothing of that whatsoever. And when they've done it in other places where they've done very good jobs of very good jobs of it, this didn't feel like the case. And I think, yeah, I agree. the 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 whole Tomb of the Cybermen stuff, all crammed in.
0: Well, and nothing that they do, nothing that the Second Doctor or Jamie do has any direct effect
2: no, it doesn't, on no. what happens to the well, Pat, yeah. and Leela, you know. So well, I'm bringing the button back when it's next. Well, and it's like little is the only yeah, and, Well, it's, it's yes. like they
1: were they're going, okay,
2: I have two CDs
1: worth of being able to tell a story and only to be able to get Fraser into the second one, how do I set this up? And then comes up with, as you say, Mary, it's frankly ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's really unnecessary. And, so necessary.
1: Necessary. and I think it wouldn't irk quite so much if they didn't hit the big giant, as I said, the big giant reset button at the end of it. Yeah, that, and yes, <laughs> that drives me crazy as well. I mean, the thing is, is that this is a for me a classic case of good actors giving c- good performances and some great stuff from Tom Baker and Louise Jameson, and mm-hmm. they really really elevate what is uh, frankly a middling quality story. And,
0: and yeah, and good, and good, from good performance
1: from Fraser
2: Hines, both as the and as the second Doctor as well. Mm-hmm. Well, can you tell something that I find a bit of a problem? Is Nick Briggs does three of the stories out of this eight. And he also does, you know, Dive Man Voices. And I'm not sure what he, he may do, other voices and others I don't know. But do you think sometimes he's he wants to do too much? And I think, you know, some something's gotta give or something's gonna I, I mean I do wonder
1: I, I yeah, I mean Briggs when he does great stuff, does great stuff, Dark the first Dark Eye set. You know, that yeah, that first <laughs> season of <laughs> Cyberman and you know, people rave about yeah. Dalek Empire, which I still have not gotten around to listening to but I must. But I I do wonder maybe if he'd handed this off to John Dorney and Finn, for example, who are mm. two Big Finish the best writers working at Big Finish today. Oh I like One Neff fountain thing is as, Neff well. as well. Actually I do wonder what Neff I'm surprised Neff has not written a fourth Doctor story for them to date, I would love him because I, I think it would I be would brilliant. Him. But I, I, I mean, well, also, Neff Fountain has done you know, return, you think about um, Perry and the Piscon paradox, for example. And this so, is. There's, a, there's,
2: an example of, there's an example of this timey, wimey right? Into stuff the that he does very well and does it convincingly. Well, see, it seems this to
0: need to involve his wife, though.
2: It's a point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I'm sure if the finish said, Neb, we'd like you to write a fourth Doctor story," he would probably jump at it. I would imagine, as big of a fan of that era as he is. But I, I just try to imagine what this story could have been in the hands of self nothing against, As I said, nothing against Nick Briggs as a writer. Cause I think, but you know, he he does brilliant stuff. But he also like, wrote very traditional, middle of the road Doctor Who. I mean, Energy of the Desert, very first season, for example. Yes, and it yeah. feels like he was trying to do something clever, And I don't think, Yeah. no offense, no, Nikki, I don't think it quite comes off. It's okay, I, I guess, overall, but it's not the <laughs> out story that I was sort of expecting going into it. So maybe my expectations were too high, I don't know.
0: Yeah, so this seems to be the least successful of that whole series, I would say, because I thoroughly enjoyed the whole rest of the fourth season. And uh, so I, think, a, they're, I
2: think they're improving as they go along. Hmm. If you ask me, um, as you mentioned, Mary, the um, I think they got the atmosphere and the um, just the characterizations and the 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 actors are just wonderful. I, I think um, the series is just improving as yeah. it's gone on. Uh, so yeah, I really look forward hmm. to the next. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's the, the next from the Water? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ward, yeah. I'm looking
1: forward. Yes, that. I mean, that that sounds like it's going to be interesting before before we move on to kind of wrap the episode up and before it sounds like I'm completely down on these two releases. As productions, they are fantastic. The music I know you two were talking yeah. about earlier. yes And these two yeah. is absolutely fantastic. It's sort of – especially in Return to Telos. Yeah. I mean they do some fantastic echoing of the kind yeah. of uh, – not just Dudley Simpson style mm-hmm. but that sort of mid-60s stock music style yes. that they used in a lot of yeah. the Trouton era. That's um, true. As, so, yeah, as productions, yeah, as productions, these stories are very successful and they've got good performances as stories. I'm not so much convinced.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Okay. So yes. oh, I do want to mention before we uh, before we wrap this episode, we have feedback. <laughs> we did receive a piece of feedback um, from Jason in London who says, Hey guys, I'm podcasts. Thank you so much for doing these. I listen to them on trains and at spare moments. Love them so much. I'm going to devote some weekend to them. Thank you for recommending *Savart* and, and the *Blake Seven Chronicles*, which I hadn't thought of. You both give really interesting, considered, well-rounded opinion, and I and I feel as if I've discovered new podcast pals. Take care. And keep good and keep keeping on. Wow, well,
2: that's very lovely
1: indeed. Thank you, for Thank that. you Justin. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the episode, and again, apologies for any sound quality issues. I believe we currently have plans to re-record our Torchwood episode, taking in the additional releases in that range since the original recording, which will hopefully be both recorded and released after the new year. Until then, please feel free to send in feedback to feedback.vortex at yahoo.com, visit our Facebook group, and give us any thoughts you may have on the worlds of Big Finish as well as any thoughts you may have if you're a podcaster yourself about how to resolve some of our technical issues. So, until next time, and rest assured, there will be a next time. So long, and thanks for all the fish.